today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Yesterday was day one of the uh, Derek Chauvin uh, trial, of course, to do with the the, the death of uh, George Floyd. We all saw the video on so, no, no, numerous times, of course, over the last little while, uh, and that's certainly going to be front and center. So what happened yesterday, and what are the implications of that? Pleased to welcome back to the program Thane Rosenbaum, a CS, CBS radio legal analyst, uh, to give us some perspective on this. Thane, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could be with us again today. Anytime for you, Bill. I want to ask you from a strategic standpoint, if I could. Uh, Prosecutor Jerry Blackwell was front and center for an awful lot of the time, opening statements, et cetera, and, and some of the witnesses actually began with their testimony. Uh, for both them and for the, the defense who are going to be uh, up in, a, in the next little while as well, how important is it to create that first impression, the, the things they say, uh, to, to leave something that's going to resonate with the jury? No, it's a good point, Bill. I mean, normally that is... Uh key to winning a trial is can you get the jury from the very outset you know in theory once you've done voir dire for jury selection you have in theory a, a jurors that are if not blank slates they they're willing to be convinced they're open right that's what you want them to be open so as you have your opening statements you want them leaning in with you the whole time um and in the and in this case the prosecution of course has this one advantage which is that there's always one side that wants to uh, narrow the case to one thing. There's only one thing you really need to know. And the other side says, oh, no, 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 there's a lot of complexity here. What do you mean one thing? Well, the prosecution wants you to see a nine-minute, over nine-minute video of a African-American male who's handcuffed, uh, whose face is against the pavement, and uh, a white officer has his knee on his neck. He's calling out for his mother, and he says he can't breathe. Uh, and there's nine minutes of that. And by the way, the jury saw all of it, nine minutes, I think, in 30 seconds. Up until now, everyone's only seen, you know, a snippet. But this was over nine minutes. That is a very compelling piece of evidence that is very difficult to under- overcome. On the other hand, I think the defense made, you know, had a good, good day also in their opening to say, hey, there is so much more to this case. Uh, drug use, uh, prior arrest. Uh, physical, you know, medical history, terrible medical history, three clogged arteries, COVID. Uh, this is a man that died of respiratory failure. It just so happens he suffered from respiratory disease. And so are we so sure uh, that the, the and, and he was uh, jacked up, agitated on, on speedballing on drugs? Are we so sure it's the knee? So the question is, is it the knee or is it something else? And that's what this case is about. Yeah, and, and the descriptors, I, I guess, are a key part of that, too, aren't they? I mean, when Blackwell was going to the jury with his opening statement, uh, he, he used those uh, those power words, you know. Uh, you know, he put his knees to his neck and his back, grinding and crushing him. Uh, those those are things, words, and I guess the, the phrases that he's using here are things that he wants to stick with the jury. I think that there's also, in fact, he's, I believe he's testifying right now, the, one of the witnesses, a young African-American, who's a mixed martial arts, Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, competitor, uh, and he said that he you know he knows all about like you know restricting blood flow to the brain. <laughs> I, I know the moves that make that happen, and I was watching that, so I was calling out to the police as if, hey guys, I know a lot about this. He's going to die. What you're doing right now, he's going to die. That's like a you know a move that is going to result in death, and so that I think is also uh, very compelling. On the on the other hand, Bill. American juries have been very sympathetic to the, to the police, even with damning video like this. You'd be surprised. 
Um, and the reason for that, I guess, is that most people, most Americans, don't live in high-crime neighborhoods, and they're willing to give the police the benefit of the doubt that they have to make split-second decisions in order to keep everyone safe. That was a high-crime area. There was, you know, a long history of the of the of the community attacking the police while they're trying to, you know, make an arrest. This was a guy that wasn't willingly being arrested, and he outweighed the police officer with the knee on his throat by 80 pounds. Um, and I, I, I have a feeling that you're going to see that come up and again and again, the sympathy of, jur- uh, of jurors in some instances to what police work is. And by the way, that itself is a question for the trial. Is this appropriate police work? Nine minutes on a, on a throat. Show me in the police manual that this is appropriate uh, policing. And I'm sure witnesses on both sides of that debate are going to be up there as well. And your point's well taken. I mean, Eric Nelson, who's the, the attorney for Chauvin, uh, made some very cogent points about this as well. And, and I know that when we look at trials, especially very important trials that the, the world is watching in situations like this, uh, we always tend to gravitate, you know, I guess because of our TV experience with the legal system, uh, those closing arguments. And those are certainly very important. But setting the tone for the trial, I think, is important. And, and, and that's why I was watching closely with both Blackwell and Nelson yesterday. Today to see just how they were approaching that and, and how what kind of an impact they're going to have on the jury uh, because it really kind of sets the mindset and certainly you're going to hear a lot of stuff over the next four or five weeks uh, that may alter that that point of view and they're going to hear some perspectives on this uh, but that first day is such a key part to this isn't it you're absolutely right yeah and I by the way I would say they both had a good day yeah from my point of view I thought they both did well um, and uh, you know Look, you know, Canada is watching. You know how I know that? I'm talking to you. Sure. <laughs> the world the world is watching this. And I will tell you, uh, after Black Lives Matter summer, I am sure there are jurors in Minneapolis that are saying, if we don't get a conviction of some kind, what's going to happen? You know, there's going to be rioting around the country again. Um, you know, you could, now that is that that none of that should have any bearing on this trial. Right. None of it. And yet everyone on the jury is a human being. And you can mm-hmm. imagine that experience, right, that they're saying. That's why the city, the Minneapolis City Council, you know, gave $27 million in compensatory damages for wrongful death before the criminal trial even took place, right? You say, well, why did they do that? Well, you know, maybe they're just trying to soften the feelings, give everyone a sense that we recognize that what happened here was tragic. And, you know, even if the trial doesn't result in a conviction, it is not as if the city of Minneapolis did not recognize that a life was taken. Well, and you told us that right from day one, Thane, and, and it's worth underscoring once again. Uh, there is the law, and the law is right there. Uh, there is the video, there are the facts, but there's the human element. Uh, and, and those yeah. those 12 jurors, well, it's 14, but, I mean, they're going to whittle it down to 12, of course, uh, for the deliberations. Uh, you just don't know what that human element is going to be. And, and to that point, I watched 12 Angry Men again last night, I guess, just to put me into the mindset. Uh, and I don't know if there's a Henry Fonda on that jury, but we'll we'll see as it develops. Uh, always great to get your perspective on this, Thane. Thanks so much. We'll stay in touch. Any time for you, Bill. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thane Rosenblatt, of course, CBS Radio legal analyst and uh, professor of law, of course, in New York City. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.